Today on Reparations in Action. We're not making history for ourselves. That's one of the reasons that's important for us to understand that when we look at colonialism, we're looking at a mode of production. You're listening to Reparations in Action. Reparations now! Uhuru. You're listening to the Reparations in Action podcast and FM radio show, The White Lies Shattered Series. My name is Jamie Simpson, and I am the host of Reparations in Action, which broadcasts weekly on Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Reparations in Action is a program of white solidarity with Black Power. We believe reparations to African people is the key question of our times and is one that demands action on the part of European or white people. As always, we'd like to salute Black Power 96, where this show is aired and recorded for our podcast weekly. This week, we're bringing you clips from presentations to the historic 2022 National Convention of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement that was titled Unity Through Reparations, Reparations Through Organization. The Uhuru Solidarity Movement is the mass organization of white people who organize for reparations to African people, and it was created by Chairman Omalia Shetela and the African People's Socialist Party as a strategic component of the African Revolution. The Uhuru Solidarity Movement exists behind enemy lines in the colonizer white population to win white people to support African liberation and pay reparations. In addition to the presentations that you will hear today from the African People's Socialist Party Chairman Omalia Shetela, from African People's Solidarity Committee Chairwoman Penny Hess, and Uhuru Solidarity Movement Chair Jesse Neville, the 2022 USM National Convention featured presentations from Deputy Chair of the African People's Socialist Party Ona Zene Yeshetela, Secretary General of the African Socialist International Luezi Kinshasa, President of the African National Women's Organization Yejide Mila, Vice President of the International People's Democratic Uhuru Movement Matsamela Odom, and the Undersecretary of Union del Barrio, Benjamin Prado. Union del Barrio is an indigenous liberation organization that has always stood in principled solidarity with the African People's Socialist Party. So one of the first voices that we'll hear today was also a presenter at the USM National Convention, and that is the president of the International People's Democratic Uhuru Movement, Kalambayi Andinette. The convention began on Friday, March 18, 2022, when several Uhuru Solidarity Movement members and supporters participated in, in an action calling for reparations to African people at the St. Louis Gateway Arch. The arch is a well-known symbol of colonial genocide and conquest. This action was led by the president of the International People's Democratic Uhuru Movement, Kalambayi and Danette.
and it has laid out exactly the assignment what white people are supposed to be doing. Not these white people came up and said, we're going to go in front of the arch and make some noise. No. Everything, every plan, every strategic thing is answered by the revolution, a black revolution that set the terms of what white people should be doing. You don't come up with your own ideals of what black people mean. You could never understand what it feels like to be on fire unless you're on fire. You can stand there and say you sympathize with the person on fire, but unless you felt that fire, you can't come up with a solution. Black people been on fire for 600 years, so black people gonna have to have a solution of what that looks like. And we say unity too. Unity too. Unity too. Unity too. Reparations. All white people, poor white people, white people that date black people, all white people, all reparations. Jewish white people, all white people, all of you, I don't care where you came from. Okay, you all have benefited from a pedestal that sat on the colonized people's back. So all white people owe reparations. That was Kalambayi and Danette, president of the International People's Democratic Uhuru Movement and the voices of Uhuru Solidarity Movement uh, demonstrators, members of, of USM at, at the St. Louis Gateway Arch USM rally for reparations on Friday, March 18th, which was the first official day of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement's National Convention of 2022. The official proceedings of the National Convention began on Saturday, March 19th, and began with a presentation from our regular guest and co-producer of Reparations in Action, the chairwoman of the African People's Solidarity Committee, Penny Hess. I want to say to everyone that this is an incredible moment in, of history that we, that we are experiencing right now. There is something very profound happening in the world. Chairman O'Malley Shatella has summed it up, the uneasy equilibrium between the past and the future. And it is truly a great honor as part of the colonizer nation to be, to be able to be part of this under the leadership of the party. And for everyone who is here today, you know, many of us know, but I always have to say it. This is not about a current trending issue. This is, this is not about showing up or fighting racism or anything like this. This is not a feel good process in that way. Although it does feel good to, to be able to recognize our, our relationship in a principled way through reparations to African people and the colonized people of the earth. And what we are called on today is to understand this question of reparations. And in, and in order to do that, in order to understand climate change or the war in Ukraine or anything else, we have to understand what Chairman O'Malley Shatella has termed the colonial mode of production. This is the key. And I want to talk about that today, what that means for us as white people and how we can internalize that and what it is that we have to take on when we do. So, you know, to understand, first of all, the African People's Socialist Party has always fought against colonialism from its very inception in 1972 and before that, when the chairman was uh, the leader of JOMO, the Junta 
of militant organizations in St. Petersburg, Florida, and all throughout the South, that the fight was against colonialism, not racism. And the chairman has recently in his political report to the to the plenary, the party's plenary of, of 2022 of this year, he has put out an a whole chapter that it's it's just exhilaratingly profound because it gives us so much and so many tools to be able to understand the world and and our place in it and to begin with that we have to we have to know what does colonialism mean and it means that this is the system where a foreign and alien state power and people, the colonizers, dominate through violence another people for profit, for economic benefit for the colonizer nation. I mean, just to, to really think about that and to analyze in your brain all the words, you know, in those sentences, it means that, that colonialism is subjecting another people to violence to anything that arbitrarily that the, that the colonizer wants to do to them, to degradation, to reducing human beings to things, to a subhuman status, to work machines, something to kill or rape or try to rob people of their humanity, and that it turns the colonized into, as Chairman O'Malley Chatella says, the objects of history the third person, the people without the name, that and that violence is the innate part of colonialism. And that the system that we live in is built on the enslavement of African people, on the assault on Africa, on the kidnapping of African human beings, turning them into commodities for sale, the trafficking of African human beings, the forced labor, the forced production of of children and babies for the benefit of the profit for the colonizer, for rape, for plunder, for theft, the assault on Africa, the assault on the Americas, genocide, and every corner of the globe. And, and Chairman O'Malley Ishitella has written, the material and human resources of Africa have gone to satisfy the requirements of life for Europeans at the expense of Africa and Africans. The process of Africans producing and reproducing life has not been primarily for African Africans. It has been primarily for Europe and the white world at the expense of African people. And that is, that is so profound. You know, just to, to think about that. We talked about Harriet Scott and Dred Scott and that statue and, you know, that's there and, and that the, the U.S. ruling that African people had no rights that a white person had to, had to respect in any way that were not human beings under the law, because this is colonialism and this is still true today. But we do know, we understand that the colonized, the oppressed peoples always resist. They fight back fiercely and they fight back in every kind of way. The colonizers, therefore, you know, have to use violence to subdue the oppressed. And they do. And it's called counterinsurgency. It's, in, it's, it's just 
violence of every kind of indescribable violence against the indigenous and African people, cutting people, burning their flesh. It's rape as a weapon. It's, it, it's torture. It's mutilation. This goes on every day. This is what produces the goods and services for white people. This is the only thing that does. And the colonizer is uplifted by this in the sense that that the colonizer names itself as the moral arbiter of the earth and opposes the worldview upon the other and the oppressed. And it writes the historical narrative to their own, to the colonizer's own advantage. Colonialism means that there is a pedestal upon which all white people sit. Not everyone gets the same amount of resource, stolen resources, but yes, there is a ruling class, but white people, even poor white people or otherwise white people that may experience some form of oppression are generally in unity with the ruling class against African people and the people on the planet Earth. That's what it means to be the colonizer. And this is the default mode for white people. This is the state. There is, there is an institution of violence called the state, the colonial state. But white people, as the colonizers, are automatically deputized to be part of the state. You know, we can look at the white terrorism and murder and slaughter that was carried out by white people against African people for, you know, for, since what, hundreds of years that are called lynchings and that no white person was ever prosecuted for murder. And there were at least 10,000 of these public displays of violence, mutilation and terror against African people and slaughter. And that only, I think it was only last week, the anti-lynching law passed only as a symbolic thing, because today it is generally, you know, the state that, that lynches African people and that it is through the struggle of, for liberation of African people that has gone on in the last 40 years that has forced this to even, you know, come to a vote today. And that we're talking about that the fact, this understanding of the mode of production and the mode of production includes the means of production or how goods and services are produced in a society. So the means of production means how are things produced? Are they produced by hand? Are they produced in a factory? Is it hunter gatherers? Is it farmers? Or are they produced by and through stolen resources and stolen labor? The mode of production also includes what's called the relations of production. The chairman has, has explained that to us. And it, it is, those are, are, um, terms of, of Marx and Lenin or Marx and Engels in particular. And relations of production is more like, well, our, are goods produced just for one family, for the whole society, who owns the means of production? Is it the workers or a billionaire boss? So when Chairman O'Malley Shatella explains to us that colonialism 
is the mode of production for this society. It means there is nothing, nothing that we could have without colonialism, without the suffering and blood of other people that this this land, the stolen land of the U.S. is literally soaked in the blood of African and indigenous people, both past and present. And Chairman O'Malley Chantella tells us, and history corroborates it, that what took white people out of feudalism was the European assault on Africa, stealing African gold, and very soon kidnapping African human beings to this hemisphere, enforced labor and violence and genocide, and that this created the industrial revolution and capitalism. So then white people set out in direct colonialism just to rape Africa of the natural resources that were desperately needed by Europeans. And white people, the colonizer, needed land, went to the Americas, Africa, Australia, India, fanned out throughout the globe, and just murdered and slaughtered people everywhere we went. We stole people's culture and science and genius and then just slaughtered them. All over the world, we conquered, pillaged, raped, and we had to keep our fix going. Colonialism couldn't stop. Colonialism had to be all over the earth. And then there was neocolonialism and just drenched in the violence of the people on the planet Earth. And we do this in the name of God and goodness and beauty and truth and civilization, the moral high ground, character, all the lies and, and bullshit. <laughs> we tell ourselves and the world when we are united with the system of colonialism. So colonialism as the mode of production means how society is built, and it means how we are, what kind of people we are, that is everything about us is colonialism. Colonialism means you have something at the expense of others, our ideas and values, the superstructure of the society, the schools, the ideas, the culture, everything that we think is so clever is, is at the expense or stolen from somebody else. Everything is profit-driven and competitive, healthcare, sports, housing, food, the air. And that this is a call today to see the world scientifically as it really is. Colonialism is not racism, or as Chairman O'Malley Chatella points out, not even institutional race, racism. It means reparations are not charity or cash payment or something to make ourselves feel good. Reparations are the return of the stolen resources, a revolutionary demand, the, re the, the uh, redistribution of the wealth of the world. I do want to say, and Chairman perhaps will mention this, that we stand from the African People's Solidarity Committee in complete unity with the African People's Socialist Party's um, unit uh, support for the people of Russia, that recognize that this is a colonial war of aggression by the U.S. against Russia and its government, and that the Soviet Union and the Russian people have always been a friend, a supporter um, of the liberation of African people and the anti-colonial liberation struggles of the world, that um, we stand with the party, with the people of Russia. We know that the U.S., what it stands for. It stands for rape and murder and enslavement and genocide, and that the people of Russia are struggling for their own ability of sovereignty and um, the ability to have peace 
um, surrounded them not being attacked by this vicious U.S. imperialism. So the African People's Solidarity Committee, the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, are a front of the anti-colonial project of the African People's Socialist Party that is building its own power, its own relationships to the people around the world from the standpoint of self-government, negating the colonial power and using reparations to do this. The Black Power Blueprint and the more than 50 institutions of the party led by the deputy chair, Ona Zanea is truly brilliant and reflect in practice the relentless spirit as chairman Omale Shatella has called on us and called and, and leads the African People's Socialist Party to carry out. The party is winning. It is self-governing. And because the African People's Solidarity Committee and USM were created to extend the African revolution behind enemy lines, we aren't created to be supporters or allies. We are a front of the liberation war of African people behind enemy lines. And we are called on to see the world African internationalism. I salute the African working class. Reparations is our work. And I call on those from white people. We can't make peace with this colonial mode of production. We can't let it go for another generation. Be lulled to sleep or complicit or self-interested or putting ourselves in the, in the center of all of this question and our emotions and what we face. This is much deeper than ourselves. This is about the future of the planet and the ability of the African working class to be free and liberated. Yes, it makes you sick to be the colonizer. It makes you anxious. But under the African revolution, this is how we are socialists, anti-imperialists. This is genuine internationalism. This is our self-criticism to the world. We can't just come up onto the world stage as equals to those whose blood we have sucked. Under the leadership of the African working class and the Vanguard party, we're looking to a powerful process today. The party is winning. Unity through reparations. That was Penny Hess, chair of the African People's Solidarity Committee and author of the book Overturning the Culture of Violence. We now go to a clip from the overview of the political report to the Uhuru Solidarity Movement's National Convention, which was voted on and adopted by USM members in attendance at the convention. This section of the report was delivered by a Reparations in Action co-host and the national chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, Jesse Neville. A new page in history was written when the African People's Socialist Party blazed the path for white people to become a part of the strategy of the African Revolution. More than four decades ago, in 1976, Chairman Omali Shatella created the African People's Solidarity Committee. The party formed APSC as the vehicle through which white people could be organized in a principled relationship of solidarity with the African working class-led struggle for socialism and national liberation. Only the African People's Socialist Party, Chairman Omali Shatella, and the theory of African internationalism could have done this. Chairman Omali Shatella developed the science and the tools necessary to carry the struggle towards victory, state power, and self-government in the hands of the African working class. Today, the party spans the globe, from North St. Louis, Missouri in the U.S. to South Africa or occupied Azania. Under the leadership of the party, Africans on every continent are in motion, 
building the dual and contending black power that negates the white power system of colonialism, a parasitic mode of production born of slavery. As Chairman O'Malley Chatella says, colonialism is not a policy. It is a mode of production, the colonial mode of production, which Chairwoman Penny just elaborated on so eloquently, enriches, feeds, and benefits white people at the expense of starving, looting, and exploiting African people. All of the wealth available to us as white people, the production of all goods and services, and even our ideas and self-identity require the colonial domination and forcible resource extraction from African, indigenous, and colonized peoples. Every dream and aspiration, as the chairman teaches us, of white people requires colonial violence, war, theft of land, genocide, slaughter, torture, robbery, and terror against the oppressed peoples of the world. Increasingly, this colonial mode of production is coming undone because Africans and the oppressed peoples of the world are rising up. White people cannot sit on the sidelines, feigning neutrality or ignorance. For hundreds of years, we have been the oppressors of humanity, wielding murderous power over the lives of African people, bleeding them dry of their labor, resources, and life to feed and sustain ourselves and our children. Now that is changing, Africans are dismantling the colonial mode of production through the struggle for real economic and political power in their own hands, the power of self-government. When Africans are free, then all human beings can prosper, not just the few at the expense of the majority. Through USM, we can enter into a new structural relationship with the rest of the world's peoples. We can see what the future will look like because the party is building it here and now. The party has gone beyond protest, building institutions of an actual liberated economy that contends with and negates profit-driven colonial capitalism. In the organized and accountable stand of unity through reparations, we can rectify our historically cruel, violent relationship to African people. Through joining and building USM under the leadership of the party, white people can make the genuine self-criticism for the legacy of rape, conquest, and slaughter we have perpetrated against African people. We can and must abandon the white opportunism and the arrogance of the colonizer in which we presume that we know what is best for African people. Reparations is more than just a moral obligation. It is the return of the stolen wealth and resources that rightfully belong to African people in the first place. The relationship between the party and APSC and USM turns the world right side up. The African revolution is the revolution. It is our revolution. The party's vision and goals are clear to liberate Africa and the globally dispersed African nation living under colonial oppression and to reclaim Africa's resources and land for the benefit of African people themselves. The party has given us clear assignments in their revolutionary strategy. Go back into our own white communities when our friends, our family, our coworkers, our neighbors, professors, classmates, and everyone we possibly can to the stand of white solidarity with black power, build the movement to demand reparations from the white ruling class, banks, and corporations, make Wall Street pay reparations, build the reparations legacy project to win white people with access to social, financial, and generational wealth to pay reparations, 
build Uhuru solidarity movement everywhere. This strategy in transforms our relationship to African people and the rest of the world. This strategy transforms us too. The principled relationship to the party is the basis for genuine internationalism and anti-imperialism for white people. Through our strategic role in the African revolution, we become united in a genuine stand of international solidarity with all struggling and exploited peoples from the Gaza Strip to Venezuela, to Iran, to Korea, Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq, and the whole world. As the chairman says, the road to socialism is painted black. In this relationship to the African revolution, we become a part of the unstoppable momentum towards the achievement of real socialism under the leadership of the colonized. Real socialism can only occur under the leadership of African workers on whose backs the entire colonial capitalist system rests. Under African internationalist socialism, the African working class will control the means of production, creating a world economy not based on profit, but on meeting the needs and interests of the people. The 50 relentless years of the African People's Socialist Party have brought about the exuberant rise of African workers taking power in a movement exploding with revolutionary culture and optimism. Humanity is breaking free from the death grip of colonial capitalism. The African revolution is alive and winning. The time is now for white people to join this glorious revolutionary project of building the future. This is why we must build the Uhuru Solidarity Movement to new heights this year through the implementation of our mandates and goals for 2022. This is why our slogan is unity through reparations, reparations through organization. Uhuru. That was Jesse Neville, chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement. Finally today, we'll hear some of the keynote presentation from African People's Socialist Party Chairman Omali Yeshatela. Here is Chairman Omali Yeshatela at the Uhuru Solidarity National Convention 2022. This is an extremely important convention that we are engaged in uh, today. And uh, it's an critical moment in history filled with peril and promise. And I think that uh, everybody has a sense of that um, promise because of the success of the work that we engaged in, uh, much of which was revealed in the political report uh, that was just uh, given to us. Um, peril because of what we see occurring uh, in the world. It's reflected in this extraordinary uh, defensive war that has been imposed uh, on Russia in Ukraine. And uh, the obvious uh, uh, work that's being done uh, by the international bourgeoisie of ruling class uh, Senate uh, headquarters in the United States to uh, define the world uh, in a way that uh, is designed uh, to maintain the status quo. And uh, <clears throat> so it's a very, very serious time. And <clears throat> that, uh, <clears throat> that this convention is occurring in. And this, this concept of uh, unity through reparations and reparations through organization uh, is a theme that is extremely appropriate for this era of this uh, 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 existential crisis of, of a social system that's born in slavery and colonialism. 
in uh, our movement, that is to say, people who are involved uh, in this convention, all of you comrades, um, understands that the discussion of reparations to African people is not uh, just some kind of a parlor, parlor uh, 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 abstract uh, discussion by liberal intellectuals. And we understand that the struggle for reparations is a practical political act upon which the real upon which real uh, unity can be attained between the colonizer citizens and the colonized uh, African subjects. Uh, reparations is the thing that makes it makes it mean real. It is a it is a serious uh, a political act, and uh, and you have uh, uh, voluntarily taken this on. It's a serious political act because it speaks uh, so effectively to uh, a, a, a world economy that was born through uh, uh, snatching all of the resources from Africa and from colonized peoples around the world and the reparations uh, struggle that we are engaged in. It's not a struggle that we are talking about uh, simply trying to get, uh, only trying to get some liberals to give some, some resources, but it's one that's designed under the leadership of our party. Uh, to negate uh, the colonial capitalist uh, economy itself. So uh, I think it's really important for us to understand that. Uh, for the purpose of this discussion, I want to share something with you sort of as a description continue, con contributing to a, a quantification of the stolen value from Africa. And uh, it contributes to uh, a validation of the demand that you are engaged in, all of us are engaged in, uh, 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 for reparations. And uh, this is a rather extensive excerpt from <coughs> from my party's recent seventh uh, uh, Congress third plenary. It's from a book that we've used uh, in the past as uh, a history of Africa by Hosea Jaffe. <laughs> and I'm 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 reading this because most of us uh, have been fed fantasies about the basis of uh, the European society, the value richness of whites, uh, white people. It is, has been uh, some myth created around it, uh, around this issue, this question uh, that contributes uh, uh, the difference in what we see in the white world or the colonial world as based on some genius or so certain, some cultural attributes uh, among white people that's missing from the rest of us. I think it's really important uh, for us to grapple with this. And it's, it's similar to, in some regards to uh, the, 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 the myth that uh, of these great explorers from Europe, uh, uh, particularly uh, 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 during the uh, 15th century, uh, that uh, and and that uh, this went around the world discovering, as it's been characterized, and looking for a route to the east, as they talked about trying to find uh, India. Uh, when the reality is uh, that uh, the exploration that we are talking about uh, actually was pursuit of gold. And that gold was located in Africa. And uh, in, in, in 1300, uh, 1300 and something, uh, 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 an African uh, uh, traveled from, from Mali uh, to uh, all the way to, uh, uh, to, to Egypt. Uh, and he had uh, 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 an entourage of something like 60,000 people traveling 3,000 miles. His name was Mansa Musa. And uh, he built mosques and gave away tremendous, tremendous amounts of gold uh, throughout this entire journey. 
And uh, it is something that, uh, that uh, as Europeans heard about this, uh, and especially uh, coming uh, on the, in the wake of the, uh, uh, of uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the crisis of plague uh, in Europe that destroyed much of the economy. Uh, this, this goal, this, this idea of goal uh, throughout Africa was something that sent Europeans on a mission. And most of the uh, beginning process of this exploration that we've heard about occurred off the coast of, uh, off the coast of Africa, uh, trying to find way to, into Africa uh, to locate the gold and what happened. In the process of doing that, tremendous amounts of things happened. Map making got developed, shipbuilding got uh, developed in a much more efficient way uh, uh, in Europe. Uh, Portugal, which was a uh, a tiny, uh, uh, insignificant entity in Europe uh, blew up, uh, became extraordinarily rich uh, 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 through uh, this process. Uh, how Europe was consolidating itself, building its economy through uh, this global, this 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 pursuit of uh, of slavery and and colonial booty around the world. That's the thing that connected the world into a single world economy. It's important to say that because mostly we hear uh, from people who uh, who claim that they're fighting uh, against capitalism as a means of fighting, uh, struggling against the existing social system. But what they talk about when they talk about cap fighting against capitalism is they're talking about a struggle that's made uh, on this foundation of colonialism. And 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 we hear words like uh, from Karl Marx terms, and I've used them before uh, that talks about primitive accumulation of capital. And he talks about how primitive accumulation of capital was the start up of capitalism. And some variation you will hear uh, all the time of, of from Europeans, whether they uh, are Marxists or uh, whether they are uh, people who uh, uh, proclaim capitalists and reactionaries, et cetera, this whole notion uh, that uh, Africa functioned for the purpose of developing Europe, developing white people, this idea of primitive accumulation, that somehow the development of capitalism, the development of, of, uh, of Europe uh, 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 required what they call primitive accumulation. And he talked about primitive accumulation. And I spoke briefly of primitive accumulation, what uh, Jaffe uh, mentioned earlier on in this presentation that where I quoted him as primary accumulation. The startup, how does this thing get start, started up in the first place? And, and Marx characterizes it as primitive accumulation. He said it was like turning Africa into a warren for the commercial hunting of black skins. Uh, he characterized it also uh, as the war that was fought uh, by England against China in 1841 and 42, of uh, uh, the so-called opium war, uh, forcing uh, China to... Uh, uh, to take opium uh, in trade for uh, opium that it did not want uh, in trade uh, for tea that was coming from England uh, 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 after having uh, been stolen from uh, another colony. So, so <clears throat> what we have here is the, this thing that's called primitive accumulation, and, and it, Europe uh, is the primary force. Europe is the uh, is the subject, and Africans and the rest of us are, are objects. Our existence. Uh, is something that functions only to give definition to Europe. So European development occurred uh, as a consequence of this primitive accumulation. There was no other way Marx could explain it. He tried and to use uh, other myth methods to show some historical necessity that was associated with the emergence of 
of, of uh, capitalism from feudalism, but he had to fall back on <clears throat> what he called primitive accumulation, this startup uh, that, that he said that had the same significance uh, in political economy uh, as, as original sin uh, in theology. And this was turning Africa into a warren for the commercial, uh, for the hunting of commercial skins. So, so uh, what we're looking at uh, is a, a mode of production. And, and what we're looking at uh, is a situation where uh, Africans, to the extent we accept that and others, similar uh, definitions, other iterations of that understanding, uh, what we do is accept uh, our role as making history for somebody else. We're not making history for ourselves. That's one of the reasons that's important for us to understand that when we look at colonialism, we're looking at a mode of production. It is a production process that envelops the all of society. And we're talking now, uh, since the uh, colonial uh, process was initiated that, that Jaffe described so much, we're talking about now uh, not just a, a, a group of single uh, economies attached to what would become Europe, uh, but that that's something that the whole world has now been uh, hitched together and that the, the, the economic life of the planet Earth now is located within the activity in this new process, this new mode of production where everything is produced and life itself uh, uh, is carried on, through which life itself is carried on. All of the ideas, all of the institutions, the legal institutions, uh, all of that is uh, uh, comes from that process, which is the, that's the superstructure. Of, a, of an economic process that's born uh, through on a base of uh, stealing value from Africa and other colonized peoples around the world, locked now into a single world economy, a single process uh, uh, that dominates everybody. And that says something too about gain, about the problem of uh, what most of whom we see, uh, much of what we see coming from some people who are talking about fighting for communism, fighting for Marxism, fighting for socialism, they, they do so uh, while having accepted the role of African African people as a part of the process building European society and not seeing that, the, that what they're struggling for and around rests upon a foundation of black people, of oppressed peoples around the world, which is why our conditions uh, as Africans, as Mexicans, uh, indigenous peoples here and various other places around the world never, never, never improve. And they can't improve using this mode of thought. And so you have to understand the, that colonialism is a mode of production, that all production occurs there, and that a real desire to end this oppression and exploitation of everybody in the world requires the destruction of colonialism as a mode of production. And that means that recognition that the center of the universe is not white people, neither workers, uh, uh, as it's been characterized, or anybody else, but the center of this struggle is in the colonized peoples of the world they, who represent the foundation that this whole social system rests upon. And that's why this whole notion of reparations is important because uh, ultimately what you're looking at is a struggle that, that uh, is, does revolve around economics. Uh, it, it's, that's why we talk about it is, a, it is a colonial mode of production. It is a mode of production that requires uh, the, the, the suffocation, the subjugation, the oppression, the murder and brutality of Africans and Venezuelans and, and people, other peoples around the world, Iran, uh, et cetera. It's a mode of production that requires that for its success. And so that's what we're looking at. And so when you see this resistance, people are trying to take back their resources. This is the thing that creates the crisis of the social system. Even the contest that Russia and China uh, engaged the United States in, in terms of a greater share 
of the of this resources on of themselves. This is a part of creating this crisis that's made that's that that we are dealing with today. And so I just think it's really important for us to understand that. And I, 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 it's a time of peril, but it's a time of promise also. And that's why when we say that what we are dealing with is unity through, through reparations and reparations through organization, it's not going to be given to us. It's not going to be put in our hands. But that's all right because already the work that you have been engaged in is transforming the ground. The reparations is becoming an increasingly uh, popular demand and certainly recognized demand because of the work in part that you are doing uh, under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party so that there are more than 130 cities in which white people are organizing around reparations. There are more than 30-some uh, states in which white people are organizing around reparations under the leadership of the party uh, and as a part of the struggle against colonialism. That's what you're involved in. Now, we are taking a stand around this Russia question, Russia-Ukraine question. It doesn't fly. It's nonsense. It's a lie. And the thing is that we cannot be subjugated by this process of, of that, that they are utilizing, this narrative that they've created. Russia is fighting a defensive war. They have expanded NATO uh, in the last eight years to such an extent that they, are, they have gone 800 miles uh, toward the border of Russia. They have killed uh, in the last eight years something like 14,000 uh, ethnic Russians in, in Ukraine. Uh, they are making this war. Their objective is to destroy uh, Russia and certainly to get rid of the existing leadership of Russia who they could not push around like they had some of the recent characters who were leading Russia. So we are in this and there's no way we cannot be in it. We can't accept uh, Facebook or uh, we haven't accepted it even when they were banning us uh, without this situation. But to, uh, we are calling on you to recognize that. We are going to uh, be supporting efforts to uh, to even protest and demonstrate at Facebook itself, uh, to, uh, to move toward uh, capturing our own capacity to be able to communicate outside of Facebook. And so we want you to unite with us uh, to this extent. This reparation work you're doing is critical. And uh, uh, we can anticipate just the politics that the party is involved in, uh, especially as things are heating up now, especially since the struggle is moving from just behind the computer and actually going into the trenches, uh, that there will be um, more assaults being made against our movement. We see it happen in different places even now, especially uh, where much of our economic development work is happening, like in St. Louis. So you're going to have to put, you're going to have to fight for that, and protect that. And one way you fight for it is to push the demand for reparations, uh, to organize for reparations, to to keep this political issue before uh, the whole world. And uh, to break out of this uh, uh, this uh, quarantine, information quarantine, because how in the hell could America get away with talking about uh, oppression of uh, by Russians or anybody else uh, when uh, they uh, are sitting here on the uh, exploitation of indigenous people, the, the murder and brutality of African people and African people being killed by police every day? That's not that's not viable. So I just wanted to say that uh, these are, this is part of what I, I, I wanted to, uh, to say in the attack on Russia is uh, is an attempt to protect the past, and um, so it's uh, is an attack that again that started 105 years ago uh, with the Russian Revolution, and uh, and uh, that the Russian Revolution itself was occurring at a time where much of the world uh, was involved in struggle against colonialism, and the and the and the U.S. colonial system was fighting for its very life. 
and uh, this is what you're involved in. So it's more than just the question of some academic discussions about reparations and <laughs> do black people deserve reparations and who should get it and what they should do within this kind of nonsense. You have united with the party. And when united with the party, you have united with the process to overturn a social system that brutally oppresses and exploits the vast majority of the people of the world. And also, it's something that occurs uh, among the colonizer nation itself, uh, sitting on this pedestal of our oppression. So you have this opportunity uh, to push this struggle and uh, win the struggle in the trenches, win this idea in the trenches, win uh, white people to this. And as, as you open up their brains around the question of African people and reparations, you give them the ability to see beyond the lies that's being told to them about the Russia and Ukraine uh, question. So uh, we say again, uh, unity through reparations, reparations through organization and uh, Uhuru comrades Vanguard up. That was the leader of the African People's Socialist Party, Chairman Omali Yeshatela, at the Uhuru Solidarity Movement National Convention titled Unity Through Reparations, Reparations Through Organization. For more information about the movement of white reparations to African people under the leadership of the African Revolution, you can go to uhurusolidarity.org. That's U-H. U-R-U-Solidarity.org. Thank you for tuning in to Reparations in Action, the White Lies Shattered series. We'll see you next time. You're listening to Reparations in Action. Reparations now! This has been an episode of Reparations in Action, the White Lies Shattered series, a biased podcast of white solidarity with black power. My name is Jamie Simpson, This episode was engineered by Marcel Marius, who also composed our theme music. The show is researched and produced by Penny Hess, Jesse Neville, and Lisa Watson from the Black Power 96.3 FM studio in St. Petersburg, Florida. A shout out to Akile Anayi and DJ Eddie Maltzby, as well as the entire Reparations in Action team, Sandra Forrest, Johan Bedingfield, Amanda Carlozzi, Kyle Weiss, Marissa Ricchetti, Ali Aiello, Alana Woods, Declan Keller, Hallie Murray, and Sarah Ritterspock. If you liked what you heard today, you can go to Apple Podcasts and rate this podcast. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, please email them to us at ria at blackpower96.org. Special thanks to the African People's Socialist Party's Chairman Omali Yeshatela, without whose leadership and theory of African internationalism, none of the understandings presented on reparations in action would be possible. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week.